Thank you, Lord. Come on. Thank God and thank God for the Holy Ghost here tonight. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for your great presence and your mighty power. Your glorious touch, oh, Lord. The great hand of God. The great hand of God. I give you thanks and praise and glory and honor. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You are so mighty. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Great eternal God. Great eternal God. Holy, holy King. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful God we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. Well, what a beautiful move of God. Brother Dance, you just wish you could dance like that, son. Just got to learn about that Holy Ghost. Get in the spirit. Amen. I like that. Hey, let me give you Psalm 38 tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Psalm 38. I want verse 2, but I'm, i got to read verse 1. It's a favorite of mine. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. I usually think of that verse right when I'm getting pulled over by the sheriff. But anyway, verse 2. For thine arrows... Stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. I have a feeling you've earned the right to sit for a little while. But uh, thank God for the presence of the Lord. Amen. And that's, that's worth standing for and to be in a good, good Holy Ghost service. Everybody said hallelujah. A very important verse among verses is found in Luke chapter 16 and verse 16. It said, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. Now, we have and have been pretty familiar uh, through the years, as most of you that have been around here for any length of time, with the scriptural account of the woman that uh, had a particular physical ailment and uh, she made her way to Jesus and um, in making her way to Jesus, she uh, was pressing her way through the crowd, even to the point that you know, it was difficult to get to him. And uh, funny thing is the word, I've been a little intrigued by the word pressure. And uh, the word pressure actually means the act of pressing. And so this woman was pressing, making her way through the press. I think I preached before about pressing your way through the press. And, uh, and that's what she was doing. And there, are, there was a very good reason why, and that was because she 
had the faith. She knew in her heart that if she could but touch Jesus, even just the hem of his garment, that she could be made perfectly whole. And of course, it's easy to go right to that, getting a hold of that garment, and the virtue goes out of him, and, you know, whoopee. But I, I want to tell you something. We got to slow down, and we gotta, we've got to focus a little bit on that journey, uh, on that period of time and distance of getting where she was at to where he was at. Big crowd, so much so that later on, uh, when the Lord said, who touched me? Peter was incredulous. He was like, hey, hey what, do you, what do you mean who touched you? You know, he's like, the whole place is thronging around you. Everybody's jostling up and down, banging off of you and colliding with you. And, and you ask, who touched you? You know, and uh, I'll tell you, Peter... <laughs> There are times when he really uh, showed himself, didn't he? <laughs> it's a good thing he served such a wonderful and patient God because I could just see him getting the beat down real quick like. But the Lord, being so understanding, he just simply said, somebody touched. I'm not speaking in the terms natural like you are, Peter. I'm not thinking about somebody bumping shoulders with me here or bumping into my uh, back or falling across the front of my path or something. He said, I'm, I'm talking about somebody touched me. I, I'm talking about I felt virtue go out of me. Okay? Now, this is the Christ. This is the living God incarnate. This is God in the flesh. And he's telling Peter, I felt something that took place in me, something went out of me in the name of moral excellence, virtue, and power, glory. And so, in other words, this wasn't a normal run-of-the-mill, you know, situation here. And I know there's a lot of people around here jostling, and I know there's a lot of people screaming and hollering. And I realize that we've got a throng of a multitude of a crowd here. He said, but I'm, I've pinpointed something. I have felt virtue go out of me. Somebody's touched me. Something's taking place here. And so he looked, and of course, he spotted the woman. And uh, she, by the way, at this moment, is, is feeling spotlighted. Somebody used to say, spotlight off of me. Well, the spotlight was squarely on her. <laughs> it was like everybody went into relief. Everybody went out of focus. And it was just the Lord looking right at her. And, and she began to, to get, feel fear. She got scared. And uh, she thought she was in big-time trouble. And, of course, that's so typical of us. We're like that. We, we seem to get this guilt thing going on all the time. And uh, the enemy uses that. All right? He uses that. Uh, we do have a sign back there, something to the effect of replacing your fear with your faith. You know, moving the negative out of the way and replacing it with a positive. And here this woman has made her way through the press. She has fought against, look like insurmountable odds. Look like it'd be one of those, you'll never get to him, honey. Let's just go home, you know. But she had been to so many other so-called physicians. And the Bible said she didn't get any better. Rather, she grew worse. 
It was looking bleak. It was looking dark. It was troublesome. Every day was a uh, struggle for her. And now she gets struggle on top of struggle because she's uh, she's going to, she got this big multitude of crowd in between her and Jesus. She's got a whole bunch of things that are just stacking up one thing in, in front of another. You know, a, colli- a colliding bunch of thoughts. Just a bunch of thoughts. A bunch of things that were just beating her like a drum. And she's trying to press her way. And as it said, that pointed out that certain things were until a certain time. But now, now is kingdom of God time. Now things are, we're stepping up here. We're moving out of the law. We're moving out of that which kills. And we're moving into that which is spirit, which gives life. So we're, we're really trying to get out of the darkness here. We're trying to, to get out of the harshness of things here. And we're trying to get out of the hard time here. And we're trying to get into that, that place where, well, some people call it the happy place. We're trying to get to that, that place where the waters calm down and smooth out and, and uh, we begin to feel some relief. And, and that's what this woman was trying to get to. She was trying to, to, to just make her way through, uh, you know, the, the crowd and the press and the multitude and the throng. And she was pressing her way into something bigger than she was even aware of because she'd been living under the law. But the Scripture said and was signaling that, that that's, that's come to an end, the law and the prophets. It's at least come to a fulfilling time. And now, now we're entering into a whole new arena. We're entering into something that we haven't had before, something that we would like to have, and something that we've been told about. And, oh, boy, it's, it's, it's something that would just make everybody happy. And this woman was in need of a little happiness right now. In her, this time in her life, a little happiness would be a great relief. And I'm going to tell you that the act, pressure, is the act of pressing. And it's pressure that we find ourselves under. Many times. Lots of times. Sometimes it's self-imposed. Sometimes we get the guilt factor going and we bring pressure on ourselves. Sometimes we just, maybe we're just kind of wired that way. You know? We're just wired that way. It's just like saying to a teenager, why did you do that? The teenager goes, I don't know. And it's been said that medical research says the child really doesn't know because everything up there is in a formation stage. It's still being formed. Well, you know what? It's not just teenagers. So we don't need to just kind of, in a sense, bash on them. We, we need to realize that everybody has things that are formulating, being formed in us. Things that were, Paul did say, I, I, my little children whom I travail in birth, uh, again, until Christ be formed in you. So there's some formation taking place, just like back in Genesis 1, right? When, when there was a formation. And, uh, and, and he, he formed man from the dust of the earth. There was a, uh, I guess Sister Ann would like that, there was a sculpturing going on, you know, and God was just taking the mud and taking a little water, matter of fact, 80% water, and putting it all together and making mud balls. Isn't that nice, kids out there making mud balls? That's what the Lord did. That's how we got here. Isn't that wonderful? In the beginning, God. All right. So he created and he formed. 
and uh, we have a creation and a formation. And, uh, and so, and thankfully, the creation was first, which was the spiritual thing. Spiritual should always be the priority. You always want to put the church first. You always want to put the spiritual thing first. And I'm going to tell you what, that's the first thing the devil wants to get rid of. That's the first thing he wants you to quit on. He wants you to quit reading the book. He wants you to quit coming to church. He wants you to quit uh, witnessing and, and loving God. Of course he wants you to quit doing that stuff because that's what puts him on the run. That's what casts him out. That's what, that, and that's the very thing that, that people are the first thing to give up and, and, and they think the answer is just quit church. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. You're talking about multiplying your problems then. You're talking about a wilting under the pressure. When I'm telling you, when the pressure comes, all God is really doing is making a better us. That's what he's doing. So I read that diamonds are formed by pressure. Great pressure. And that woman was in the act of being made into a diamond-like spiritual substance in her life. And the pressure that she was fighting through, everything she was fighting for, was for God to polish up and produce something great in her life. And she was pressing into that realm. Pressing into that realm. Woo! I'm going to tell you, the Bible teaches, if you're going to get to this, that you're going to have to press into it. You're not going to get this except there be pressure, except there be that which is forming in us, something diamond-like in quality. They say diamond is the hardest substance. And, uh, you know, we cannot be little limp-wristed people. We can't be, uh, I said about somebody, I said they're still, trying to, they're still trying to find out if they have a backbone. They're still searching. They're still back there. You know, it's been probably a long time now. But hopefully, eventually, they're going to discover there's a backbone in there somewhere. Okay? And so we've got to have that. And if not, then it's up to us as the church and God's spirit to develop that backbone in a person. Okay? To develop that strength. To develop that, uh, that inner man and woman that, that fights against the, the presence of the enemy who comes in like a flood. But the Bible said, you just remember something. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God said, I'm, you're going to see a flag go up. And God's saying, I'm declaring war. God will declare war. I've read some things lately in the Bible that, man, I'm like, oh, do it, God, do it. Just do it. That'd be great. I'm thrilled if you just do that, God. Just really give him the smack down. He smacketh down it. Isn't that chapter verse somewhere? He smacketh down. Must be felled one and one anyway. He smacked. No, I got another one for felled one and one. Must be one and two. But anyway, <laughs> my God, I'm telling you, he has his way of doing things. But remember, he's working on us too. And that's been said many times that he's still working on me. But remember that it's, you know what they teach the Indian um, young people, the Indians? They would take them out in the uh, freezing cold of the winter. Now, these are sinners, Indians, okay? And, and they, the, the young warriors would not, warriors in making, would not have any shirt on. And they would just have uh, a little bit of a linen breechcloth or something. And they wouldn't have anything on their feet. And they were taken out in that weather. They had to learn to embrace the cold in the weather. They had to learn that the cold is my friend. I will embrace the cold. They weren't allowed to be all, you know, type thing like I am when it goes below 70, right? You're not allowed to do that, you know. And like my wife says, let's go to the mountains. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go there. 
<laughs> I want to go to the mountains down south in the, in the islands. Take me to a mountain down there. Okay, right? Take me down there. Right? Okay, come on now. Come on now. I'm telling you, you, you and I, there's a, there's a mental approach to this. This woman had been through rejection after rejection, failure after failure, and bumped up against this and bumped up against that. And on top of that, money was starting to run low. Somebody said that she was probably a widow and her husband had died and left her some money, and now she's frittered it all away going from physician to physician to physician and and now she's you know the the pocketbook the the gucci the whatever you call those things i don't know who's a big shot anymore michael core somebody like that you know that that you know you don't need to be buying three thousand dollar purses i hope you know that okay ladies nobody would do that right we don't have any ladies like that around here good if you do just write a check to the church never mind michael core forget macy's forget Saks. forget those places all right Think about your church and your God. Thank you very much. We've got a building to build. Okay, okay. We're not building the church out of, out of purses. But anyway, um, all of these, uh, I'm saying to you that we have to come to a place. This little woman, I mean, the, the, the purse had a hole in it, okay? The money had run out. She had her back to the wall. She was at her, one place in the Bible said, at their wit's end. She was just at the end of the rope here, you know. And we say, I'm, I'm holding on. And we say, you should climb the rope. But sometimes you slide down and you're just holding on by that knot at the bottom of the rope, honey. And, and I'm trying to tell you, she was at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom here. And yet she's something inside of her said, if I could get to, oh, well, thank God for good witnesses. Thank God for good lights. Thank God for people that can smile under pressure. And, and this woman got a hold of something from somebody. And this woman said, I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to go to Jesus. I'm going to make my way. Oh, look at the crowd. I don't care. Oh, no, look at this and look at the family and look at the other. And look at the, I don't care. I'm going to him. I know it's the only thing that's going to work and it's going to develop something inside of me that's going to bring me a great reward. Amen. And if you could envision, if you could envision the reward. So when you feel like David of old, oh Lord, Rebuke me not in thy hot displeasure. Whew. Oh Lord. Don't you know you don't wanna you don't wanna spank the child when you're in a bad mood. <laughs> That's not the time. And the kid is definitely saying, Not now, mommy, not now. Hold hold on, Dad, you know. Don't you just love when when the when the dad would, you know, rear back the hand and it's gonna hurt you more, it's gonna hurt me and you're like how come I don't believe that? Not at all. I don't believe that. Definitely filled with a spirit of unbelief right now. I don't believe that, okay? And, uh, and yet, and yet we really do believe that, that a properly administered corporal punishment in the right spirit will yield a peaceable fruit of righteousness in time to come. We do feel that way. Uh, but I'm saying you don't want to do something in anger. You don't want to do something when you're upset. That is not the time to do that. And I'm saying, God, please, not. You look a little mad right now, Todd. Could you hold off on that one? Okay. But he went on to say, he said, thine, thine arrows are stuck in me. You just, you know, I feel like a target here, Lord. And he, and he said, your hand presseth sore upon me. Well, recently I had somebody, uh, I had to go to a chiropractor. And they were, they had a, you know, you know when people need a little adjustment, right? And, and, you know, the chiropractor, I'm very fortunate. I've, I've never had to have a working over. 
but I have a little bit of experience with it. And, uh, and you know, they're not, they're not always real gentle from what I've gathered. And uh, this uh, individual, I guess they, some gets done by the chiropractor and some gets done by the massage person. And said that the massage person said just to just, you know, maybe right in the neck or right up in the shoulder, just. And then they'd come out and go, oh, man, I feel so great. I'm like, you just got the dog beat out of you. How come you feel good? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, and they're putting their knuckle in you, you know? And I'm like, a noogie? Who wants a noogie? That doesn't make you feel better, you know? And, uh, but he said, your hand presses sore upon me. But you see, we've got to see past the pain. We've got to realize that it is true that the chastening of the Lord, the training of the Lord is, is going to yield. If we yield to it, it's going to yield something in our lives that, is, that we're going to be so happy about. But I'm honest with you. When the arrows are in you and when the hand is upon you heavy, it's not exactly a happy moment right then. But you know what? We trust in the God that loves us. We trust in Him that is looking out for us. And, and it, you know, sometimes it gets us to, to grovel around on the floor a little bit. And, uh, you know, we kind of weep before the Lord. And we kind of whine a little bit. That's the only time you can whine is if you're whining to the Lord. Okay? Otherwise, thou shalt not whine. Okay? But you can whine in prayer. You can, you can whine in prayer. You can, you can cry in prayer. You can, you can bring all kinds of grunts and groans because he understands them all. And uh, he even talked about uh, the behemoth, Leviathan, and said, and he's telling Job, he says, does he talk to you? He said, his nestlings, he said, I, I get them. I, God listens to even the beasts of the field, and he's, I get that. I get that. God understands that. God understands the lightnings when they come and flash before him. He's, in the beginning, God. He's a creator. And he formed us. Knuckles going, man. He formed us. He sculpted us. And we can't say as the lump of clay, why'd you make me like this? What are you doing that for? I don't understand that. <laughs> no, no, no. No. He's, he's the potter. We're the clay. So we don't want to say, why have you made me like this? Why are you doing me like this? Okay? As Tom would say, you don't do it that way. I think he's trying to correct that for Tommy's sake. But anyway, uh, I'm just saying to you that we're going to have our moments. We're going to have our moments. But remember, God, God has purpose in what he's allowing. He has purpose in what he's allowing. I imagine the free fall into the fiery furnace that was heated up ten times or seven times, whichever it was. It was up there. And turned up to nuclear capacity, thermal capacity there. And these great, big, giant warriors come and they grab and they snatch up the three Hebrew children like they were three little twigs 
and they bringing them over to the throw them into the furnace. The furnace was so hot, it incinerated the guards when they threw the Hebrew children in. The the guards just were gone, vaporized, whatever, gone. But the three Hebrew children. Now come on, you got to know they was trying everything in them to believe God. You know they were doing Shema, right? Shema Israel. I don't know. They were doing it, man, over and over and over and over again. They were praying, man. They were like, oh boy, that thing looks hot, you know. And yet. Their eyebrows didn't get singed. Their clothes didn't even smell from the fire. While they were tumbling down into the fire, let me tell you, they, they, there had to be the last conscious thoughts had to be, why? Why why this? What is this going to prove? You know, Oh, what it proved was a king was looking. An unbelieving king was looking. And he said, hey, didn't we throw three in there? He said, I see four. Got his glasses, wiped them down real good, put them back on. Yep, one, two, three, four. I see four. He said, you know what? To my way of thinking, that fourth one looks like the Son of God. And he got the revelation because the children stood the pressure. And God made diamonds out of the children. They were sparkling in the fiery furnace. They were sparkling. I want you to know that under pressure, something very good is being developed in your life. And this is where you want to put your faith ahead of your fear. And you want to remember <laughs> for all your mistakes and all your faults and failures and all your insecurities and all the things that pound and make a punching bag out of you, you just remember that God loves you. You remember that you're the apple of his eye. You tell God. You just tell him. Say, remember me? I'm your turtle dove. I'm your, you know, you know how you do the babies, right? Right? You all make that love talk to them little babies, don't you? All right. Well, don't forget God. Yeah. You know, you, you let God know. I'm your turtle dove. I'm your little pigeon. I'm the apple of your eye. Oh, God. Oh, God, help me here. Because I'm, what did Paul say? I believe it was uh, 2 Corinthians 1 and 8. He talked about being pressed out of measure. <laughs> he felt like that the big hand of God had just come down or the situation had just come down like a ton of bricks and just flattened him out. I know we like that when it comes to the weight, but anyway, flattened him out. And like the old roller thing you used to use, Mary over the dough, right? Boom! Boom! And flip it over. Boom! Right? And sometimes you feel like that. You know, sometimes you just feel like pressed out of measure. That you, you don't even feel like you look like yourself or like you're acting like yourself. Especially when somebody looks at you and says, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, have you got a couple hours? Maybe I could answer that question. <laughs> but, uh, but the truth of the matter is, I'm telling you, that the journey is sometimes challenging, to say the least, as she made her way through that press. But I'm going to tell you, when God comes through, friend, it's worth it. When God comes through, and he is going to come through. Okay, he is going to come through. He's going to come through. He's going to come through. Amen. And you know what's funny? <laughs> what's funny is, I'm praying, 
you know, and I'm reading those things, you know, about God giving the smackdown and all the different ways that I, I uh, it says it in the Bible and, and many, many different ways. And, and uh, I, I read that and I'm like, oh, get him, God, get him, God, get him, God, you know. And, and then I start feeling sorry for people. Then I start saying, well, maybe don't get him too bad, God, you know. We don't want tragedy, you know. We don't, we don't want, what did Paul say, sorrow upon sorrow. We don't want that. We want everybody to make it. Everybody to make it. We want everybody to make it eternally. But I wouldn't mind if God cuffed a few of them on the back of the head every once in a while and told them to straighten up, <laughs> told them to quit lying, and things like that. It'd be really great. I'd really like that. Um, and he will. He will, you know. But you know what? We can't stand around and, you know, like, like God is some kind of big gun and we point him wherever we want and boom, you know, and all of that kind of stuff, you know. That, that's not the way to do it. And we don't want to get hung up in our mind about some things. I'm telling you, she was very occupied in getting through all of the interference all of the chatter that was coming from everywhere, getting through all of that. That's not important. That's not important. Get this out of the way. Get that out of the way. The only thing that matters, I've got my goal. I've got to get to him. I've got to, I've got to get, if you could feel that way about a service or a prayer and that you, you've just got to touch God, you've just got to get that. I, I remember a woman coming to church many, many, many years ago, and she, she took off a little bit like Altez, and she wound up in the back corner of the church and uh, just absolutely praying and worshiping and speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave her the utterance. And she had told God, she said, tonight, tonight, this is it. I, I've gone my limit. Tonight, tonight. And she made her way till the virtue flowed like a river and gave her that renewing touch that she needed. And I'm telling you, God knows what we have need of. Before we even ask, He knows what we have need of. All right? Everybody said, praise the Lord. So, so if we're going to enter in to this, then we're going to, have to, we're going to have to press our way in. We're going to have to, in, in pressing our way in, the pressure of the press is going to develop some things in us, but it's going to be worth it. It is going to be worth it. And everybody said amen. And it's the same thing when you're a teenager, okay? There's going to be things that you don't understand. You, there's going to be things that you're going to be like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't like this, I don't agree with this, or I don't understand this, or all those kind of things. But you've got to tell yourself that um, somebody said, and I was mentioning it to my wife, somebody said that um, uh, they didn't understand some things because they were too young at the time. And I said, what does that mean? I said, you know, what, too young at 23, too young at 21, too young at 18? Too young. It's, you're always a little too young, aren't we? Seriously. Because sometimes we're young in experience. Sometimes there's some things we don't quite yet understand. Okay? But that's why, number one, I want to say, that's why the Bible said, though you may be an heir, though you may be all that, he said, you're under tutors, you're under governors, until the time appointed. So it's very important to remember that God has set in the church 
First, apostles, secondarily prophets, and then your pastors, your evangelists, your teachers, so on and so forth. The, the gifts of the Spirit, or everything is there. God has a body. God has everything, eyes and ears and lungs and heart, so on and so forth. You get the, the picture, I think. God set things as they're supposed to be, and they're all designed to perform a certain specified function to make things Go correctly and I and to develop in us and form in us so that we can be what God wants us to be. He wants us to make it. He wants us to set that instrument landing system and come right down on the numbers between the pearly gates on the street of gold. He wants us to make it. He wants us to have revival. He wants us to have all of the glory of God. Amen. But we've got to press. We've got to press. Every man and woman, press it in. you got to do your part. If you only knew how important you are in a service. Okay? Yes, you, you, you can li listen to that uh, voice that puts you down. You can listen to that voice that tries to beat you down. Or you can remember who you are in the Spirit. That you're a son and a daughter of God and that you are significant, and that you are important, okay? And that you can be, by choice, a contributor, an asset in every service. And everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. So if you feel the hand of the Lord, if you, if you feel like it's, it's kind of heavy on you, please remember that there's purpose in that, okay? There's purpose in that. Everybody said hallelujah. I want you to believe with me that, that God really does love you and that God is looking out for you and caring for you. And uh, listen to what Acts 18 and 5 said. And when Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit. He was pressed in the spirit. God was developing. 1 Corinthians 1 and 8 said so much so that we were pressed out of measure. Man, we were just stretched. Stretched. Jesus had his day with his disciples like that and he said, come on apart. Come on. Don't take a little break. We haven't had any, had any leisure time here. Come on. We'll take a little break. Take a little sideways step here. He knows when the pressure's on. He understands. He made us. Okay, he made us, but I'm trying to get you to have faith in God and in yourself and the work that he's doing in you. He works mightily in us. He works mightily in us. We have a lost and a dying world. And I tell you, people can always feel so, woo, about oh, somewhere else. Well, there's an old saying, bloom where you planted, you know. So it comes down to learning how to get under the load right where you are. I want to be over there. Well, you're, you're the clay, honey. And he's the potter. So don't be throwing it up to him like that. Well, you might get to smack it down. Okay? All right. And if he does smack you down, it'd be because he's trying to get you to be a polished diamond for him. Everybody said, praise the Lord. We may be diamonds in the rough. I don't doubt that. Sometimes I feel plenty rough myself. Okay? And, uh, and he's filing on me and beating on me, and my pastor used to say that uh, God used to have to hit him over the head with a two-by-four just 
to get his attention. So, uh, okay, what can I say? If he had to hit him over the head with a two-by-four, God only knows what he has to use on me. But uh, I know whatever the Lord does, it will be right. And it will be for our good. It will be. Have faith in that. Throw your fear out. Replace it with faith. Everybody said amen. amen. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Take a moment. Worship him. Come on, you're praying with me. We're blessing the offering at the same time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God. You're great and mighty and holy. We love you. We praise you. We need you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. All right, everybody said God bless the offering. In Jesus' name.